Well, hello, Matt. Uh, welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. It's great to have you here. And for those of you who don't know, Matt and I are actually married, so we are recording this podcast together from our home on ENC's campus. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm excited to be a part of this podcast. Yeah, so for this week in our rhythm series, we are going to be talking about silence and solitude. Two words that I think carry a lot of weight for people, whether their experience has been positive or negative. But for this conversation, we're going to be focusing particularly on silence and solitude in the context of the wilderness, which I think is fitting because although we can practice these disciplines anywhere, Jesus often stepped away into a garden or remote setting when he wanted to be alone and talk with God. So, Matt, maybe you could first describe for us your first experience with silence and solitude and what that looked like for you. Hmm. (laughs) I think my first experience was quite jarring, honestly. Um, You know, growing up in the church, I didn't grow up in the church my whole life, but when I did, that concept never really came up. Um, And it wasn't until I went on my first wilderness trip as a student um, at Gordon College. Ooh, I know that's taboo. (laughs) But yeah, at the end of that 12-day trip, um, they put us on what what they call solo, and it was actually a about a three day period of time where you are out in the woods by yourself. You know you know where the rest of your team is, but um, we also fasted during that time, so it was quite. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't anything like I had experienced before. I didn't you know understand that as purposeful until that moment. So. It was very confusing, but I I will say that um, it was the first time I I had so much time to to be with with myself, and at times perceive myself to be alone. Even though, yeah, we know that God is always with us. It it, it, it was a challenging and both life giving. Mm. Um, so that was my first time doing that, something like that before. Yeah, and then you went back later that summer and actually led a trip yourself. So then you were on the facilitating end of side of things. What was that kind of switch like for you? You know, in in a way, it was fairly similar. I was still in such a, a space of learning. I know there's a lot of context left out um, of this because some people have never gone on a wilderness trip or have been in the woods for so long. But my first trip that I went on was a canoeing trip. We traveled via canoe and through lakes and rivers. And the trip I led um, was a hiking trip. I had never backpacked. I'd never climbed a mountain in my life. (laughs) So a lot of it was very new to me. So I I was still learning with my co-leader how to to lead, how to be in that space with students and and gaining skills on how to live into that space myself, like how to have spiritual practices that were transformative, but um, also how to create that space for others and and allow others to to feel the same things that I had received on my trip so mm-hmm. it was a very similar space just a little bit more weighty but I was just too excited to <laughs> feel too much pressure I think I had received so much encouragement to enter into that space so it was very it's very fun yeah because even on the entirety of wilderness trips you know you're with community but there is sort of that feeling the whole time of you're out there alone with only your group and there's a lot more silence than a lot of people are used to. I remember actually the following summer Matt led a trip that I was on it was the first time we <laughs> met 
And I remember you framing our solo time before I went out and you had us pause and you had us listen to just the noises that we would hear uh, when we were out by ourselves. And just kind of how that lack of the noises that we're used to just become so loud in the silence, which is kind of yeah. a funny thing. Yeah. We're so used to other noises. I think in our spiritual lives, you know, at the church, I think there's some language that people like to use, like there's a lot of distractions, but I wouldn't say distractions so much as there's just so many voices. There's so much that is calling our attention, whether they be good or challenging or unhealthy or life-giving. There's so many things clamoring for for our mental space, our spiritual space. And sometimes we need to be intentional about, you know, putting those things away, whether they're good or bad. Um, all of a sudden, your ears hear more, mm-hmm. your mind hears more. And, and that can be really disorienting at first. Like just the literal hearing of, of nature, the sounds. It starts to become louder. Yeah, you just start to hear everything. It, it's and especially if you're sleeping there outside overnight it can be quite scary you're like every twig that pops you're like what's that you Mm -hmm. know um it's probably just the wind but you know you think it's some type of monster in in the darkness but um so it definitely definitely takes some getting used to and can be frightening even at times depending on the context but yeah it, it is a space where things start to fall away So I know returning to the wilderness and kind of that silence and solitude has been its own sort of rhythm in your life. How has that affected you as you journey back into community and everyday life and noise after that? What has that looked like to your own personal growth and journey with God to have that place where you return to where other things fall away? Mm, Great question. I think having that rhythm has has been vital for me. I th- you know, I, I, th- I think the best way to kind of explain it metaphorically is like, you know, as a college student, you know, you go, you're at college and everything's crazy and you're tired and <laughs> overwhelmed and, and you have finals and you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this? Um, but then after, um, for some of us, we have we are able to go to a home, whether that be our traditional home or, or, or a space that is life-giving. The hope, that's the hope. Not all of us have that, but I think that would be a metaphor for what it feels like, the rhythm spiritually in the midst of life and all it, it throws at us, all the challenges, the spaces um, that we need to operate in, not that they're bad, but just the challenges that come with living healthy being intentional like there are moments where we need to take a step back and and having that rhythm of going out into the wilderness has been that for me it's a space where I can let go of everything that you know most things that I'm committed to um, and and be intentional with just myself that space I'm in my relationship with God and just take some time that's not to say that I'm not doing that elsewhere in my life Mm -hmm. but um, it just looks different and I can put my full focus and energy into it I will I will add to that though like personally I'm, I'm someone that you know gets distracted very easily not not in a not in like a you know like I'm always looking around getting distracted in a meeting or in class or something like that but but there's so much sometimes going on for me I, I really operate best when I get to 
focus on a single project or focus on one thing at a time like that mm-hmm. is really life-giving for me so that happens in the wilderness for me like I get to focus just on that space just on on how I'm interacting with God here and caring for the community right in front of me mm-hmm. nothing else matters because I'm in the wilderness and I can't I can't talk to my mom I can't talk <laughs> to my family and and um like that is the space I'm operating in and I'm caring for and fostering and and that means a lot to me so mm. I think that's definitely part of it as well yeah, and so as you've become more comfortable in this space yourself, you've hosted many a many a group out there. How mm-hmm. have you helped people kind of go through that transition of I don't have my music anymore, I don't have TV, I don't have whatever it is I use to fill the time anymore out here. I don't have the people that I usually have around me. How have you like what stories have you witnessed or how have you helped them walk through their own transition into that space (laughs) well too many times (laughs) honestly it's so different every time but yeah it really is a challenge i mean ultimately there there really isn't a you know quick way to hurdle over that you know i've had a lot of students come and and they're very taken aback when i'm like no you can't bring your ipod or we will be collecting cell phones. <laughs> In the beginning, everyone's like, "What?" Um, I think we've collected hairbrushes. Yeah, we collect. We, yeah, sometimes it's like even depending on the program we're running. You know, sometimes we collect things that even operate as a just like even our how we present ourselves and care for mm-hmm. ourselves. Like sometimes people need a, a hairbrush because you know depends on their hairstyle and how knotted it gets. You know, you don't want that. But there's certain things that when we get too invested in in how we look in the moment like that becomes a a a thing that we invest our time in Mm -hmm. in the morning and when that's not really what we need to be doing we need to be taking down camp getting food ready getting Mm -hmm. ready to travel so or something like cologne and deodorant like we take those things away that's Mm -hmm. like i don't want to smell but your smell attracts bears and (laughs) it's not yeah it's like it's an extra weight for you to carry but all that to say, I think I think just being present with that person, like if in the midst of that challenge, right, having people that are, are doing that with you, like you're alone, but you're not alone at times. Mm-hmm. And sensing that, like I think I think that's the really the only thing we can offer is just being present with somebody in the midst mm-hmm. of like the overwhelm that they might be feeling. I will say it's surprising how much, again, it doesn't, as you start, I think, like as someone maybe enters the wilderness, especially on a trip like that, there is actually so much to do. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not just like sitting around all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) you again, you have to travel, you have to pack your bag, you're learning a lot of things. So there's so much that feels fresh. And as that goes on, it becomes more normal. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I think all of a sudden nature becomes very interesting yeah once once we learn to settle down from those things that we're missing um like the music or the tv like all of a sudden we're just like looking at what's in front of us and it's like wow Mm -hmm. this is gorgeous like i wouldn't want to turn my eyes away for anything right now Mm. or that sound i love falling asleep to that sound right like those things start to become more present and it's not something that you're missing out on now you're receiving something now you're like wow this is this is life like 
I don't want to, I don't want to rush this. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I think most people experience that as they go through a trip or, (laughs) or they're like suffering, 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 and they hate it. And then afterwards they're like, Oh man, I wish I was back on that trip. (laughs) It was so nice. I was so relaxed. Yeah. But there's just so many different experiences there. But I would say generally, you know, especially for my longer trips, like 20 day, 40 day, those ones, like you settle into this rhythm of like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And this feels so life giving. Yeah. I love what you shared there, because I think we think about silence and solitude and we think, okay, I need to find a white walled room and I need to sit in the middle Mm -hmm. and I can't bring anything. Mm And that's what it looks like to practice this and, and be with God. When in reality, we can, there's so many ways to practice this because it's really about what you said, just tuning in and being present to yeah. what's in front of us is yeah. really some of the gifts that come from these spaces, present with ourselves, present with those around us, present with God, yeah. really just allows us to set it all down. And it's it's in that returning and in that practicing of it that we start to notice it even in our everyday when we're not intentionally aware. Yeah. I would, yeah, definitely reiterate that. Like, it's not a, silence and solitude is not a, it can be, but it doesn't need to be a process of like, I don't know, like white-walled meditation, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to... I don't even know what that's called, but just like put it, you know, the image of someone just like sitting in a room with nothing, like just, you know, having nothing in their hands and needing to sit in that space. That's not silence and solitude, at least for me, Mm -hmm. even the action of a run by myself at times, that's a little piece of silence and solitude for myself. It is something where I am focused on one thing like I'm in one space and that space alone is leading me drawing me deeper questioning me I'm in relationship with just that moment whatever the context is and I've committed myself to learning from that moment to receiving something from that moment that's silence and solitude to me so it's it's less of what you do and don't have but what how much can we settle into the present moment that we're in Yeah, and even the specific prayer practices that we might do within that are another Mm. way to just see those fruits elsewhere. You know, you think of centering prayer, which is a a practice of letting go of everything, of all your thoughts, and just kind of not pushing them to the side, but letting them flow on by and acknowledging them Mm. with God is a way to then later be able to put your focus fully on who you're with, you know, and listen and acknowledge that other things are coming through your head, but let them kind of float by. So it's a lot of fruit that comes. Yeah. When I say, you know, those, what I was saying about silence and solitude, like it's very hard to do. And, and, and ultimately it can't be done perfectly, if that makes sense. (laughs) Like there is no correct way specifically and there are times when you just you even get distracted when you're in silence and solitude oh for sure and that's why but that's also why we have spiritual practices um those are the spaces one to practice but also to help us enter into that you know it doesn't just be like let me work hard enough in my brain and just pray hard enough and maybe all of my distractions will fall away (laughs) right now i'm holding my head and like pushing against it like i think you know, centering prayer, there's things and spaces that we might need to enter into or use before we enter into 
Silence and Solitude or, or during Silence and Solitude to, to help, you know, bring us into that space. So it's not a, you found the equation to get <laughs> to Silence and Solitude, but having practices and, and communities and spaces where you know that that's, that's been a meaning, like for me, the wilderness, like it's a tried and true method for myself, right? And, and it's a space I can try to jump to f- first and foremost to kind of get into the, the walk I need to. Yeah, and there's no, there's no, like, I think we often think of cheating, like, there's no cheating. It's not cheating to say <laughs> I can only do it for five minutes today, because that is where I'm at today, God. And, yeah. <laughs> you 100%. know, in other days, we might be able to take the day and go, and go be by ourselves. Yeah. So, it's why it's called a practice. It's why our theme is rhythms. It flows and moves mm-hmm. um, with us. So, mm-hmm. what would you say, as we're finishing up today, what would you say to someone wanting to try either the practice of silence and, and solitude separately or together on a smaller scale or maybe it's a wilderness trip but what would you say to someone wanting to try this right now mm. i would my first you know recommendation is, is hold it loosely and and be you know generally hold it loosely and be persistent with it, it would be my first kind of thing that jumps to my mind mm-hmm. but other than that i would just encourage somebody to to sit down in a quiet space for a little bit and and think about something that gives you deep joy like an action it could be drawing you you don't have to be good at it don't think about like what I'm good and not good at but think of something that you've done why you you may barely get to do it think of something you've done that you're like wow that made me feel free and when you have that thing spend some time doing it like just just commit and schedule a time frame where you sit and do that thing and only that thing. Just sit in that space. And I think that's a good a good starting point, right? Like you don't need to go and find this perfect quiet zone to kind of like get into Zen mode of silence and solitude. Like start by practicing by focusing on something that brings you joy. And and let that moment resonate with you let let that give you life and joy and peace and from there you can start to think about in the future how can i make this continue to make this more meaningful for myself that might not be doing that action all the time but it might look like you know finding other things to be singularly focused on receiving from them committing to receive from those moments but i think that that would be my encouragement to to start for somebody who's interested in it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go a more traditional route, um, I would encourage somebody to just, especially on a warmer day, um, go out to the Blue Hills or um, a forested area or by the water and bring a journal. Um, and just start by writing, could be anything, writing about what you see around you, how your day went, what your hopes for the day are. Simple questions, nothing like heavy. And sit, sit in that space for a little bit get comfortable and see see what stirs those would be some ideas to kind of get people who are interested started on the practice of silence Mm -hmm. and solitude yeah i mean god desires to spend time with us doing what we love too Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i love that suggestion as a place as a place to start there's so many other directions we could go, Matt, but that is all we have time for today. So thank you so much for sharing with us and 
just letting us explore with you your journey within the wilderness and silence and solitude. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be able to share and yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs>